0: Are you sitting there right now using a PC with an overpriced operating system while you eat unhealthy ramen? Well, I apparently have all of the solutions to your life. Go to Vite Ramen right now and get their healthy protein-filled ramen for 10% off with offer code Broken Silicon, And then go to CDKEYOFFER.COM to get 25% off all Windows keys and use Shrink to get 3% off everything else on the website. And we'll talk about these sponsors more later, but for now, let's just get on with the show. Welcome to Broken Silicon, a gaming hardware podcast. I am your host, Tom, and I am joined today by my co-host, Dan. Hello, Dan. (laughs) Uh, I think every
1: time I talk, I should stop and slowly approach the mic. Good idea
0: yeah and definitely use a different voice every time if you can <laughs> pronounce words differently every time i've definitely never noticed that people get annoyed that sometimes i have a more minnesota accent than other times and i'm never reminded of that
1: yeah uh, you know what let's just
0: start saying nvidia too while we're at it oh that was a 2019 <laughs> club that we could not live down for a year these guys don't even know how to say it good morning. you know My girlfriend actually still says NVIDIA sometimes. Literally two days ago, she went, wait, am I saying that wrong? And I went, you are, you are, you are. And trust me, I know you are. They made sure I knew. I will. I do have to say,
1: I don't think I've ever met a person who doesn't start saying NVIDIA. I mean, who doesn't say NVIDIA before being corrected, because that's how it's spelled.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure in different regions, you know, we're from the Midwest. It's more commonly said correctly at first but i mean Dan, you do you think there's a chance though it's because people know us in our personal lives and that's why they say it that way or do you think you can confidently state that from iowa to minnesota around yes. illinois where we generally are in our lives or we used to be i guess i'm in tennessee now that people would come up to you and just say have you heard of nvidia yes that that is usually how people would say it i think <laughs> Okay. But, All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. And I guess my girlfriend is an example, though, because I was saying it correctly by the time we started dating years ago, and so she still says it that way. All right. I, I, I'm a contrarian at heart. I had to push back to be fair, but I, I guess a lot of people do say it that way, and um, that's, of course, a conversation we've beaten to death, though, is the amount of things you don't realize you're pronouncing wrong Try editing thousands of hours of yourself talking with comments. You'll learn. You say a lot of things (laughs) wrong.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. You definitely do. And uh, people make sure to tell you on the Internet. Um, Always very politely,
0: though. Yes. Uh, QH Freddy writes in and he says, give an intro to your 1000th podcast episode. All right. Here it goes. I'm almost 47.
1: (laughs) And I am a non-disclosed number of years younger than you, Tom.
0: Um, i'm happy to disclose it it's four so i'd be four years younger yeah <laughs> no but i did the math It's like wait a thousand minus 242 divided by 52 yes yeah, so i guess that would be a little over 14 and a half years from now uh which would be i guess if we hit a 1000th episode yeah that'll be that'll be insane
1: well it reminds me of uh when a uh, podcast, the podcast comedy bang bang that we listened to hit because <laughs> they haven't and, hit a thousand either no they haven't hit a thousand they, might, they've been going they probably like, will <laughs> they've been going for like 15 years and i remember the 10th year anniversary he did a 10 hour long uh special episode yeah it takes a lot to get to a thousand episodes and really the only people that do it are so have done it so
0: far the people that upload multiple times a week oh so they're on 847 mm-hmm. wait so, so three years so how many years have they celebrated 10 years when i want to say 2019. Okay, the only thing I can suggest scrolling through their stuff here is that I don't... Oh, here we go. I can check this way. I don't know... Oh, he d- they do do bonus episodes, and they don't always count them. And let me check. This is my hunch. Yes, I don't... They do not count the end-of-year Christmas episodes as main episodes. Oh, okay. So... You remove that and a few of the other bonus things, what they sometimes call spectaculars. And I suppose, but they have to have done about a 1,000 episodes by now, I would think. Oh, yeah. There's no way. Um, Well, after making sure I wouldn't need a correction, let me get to an actual correction. Of course, we like to open up the show with the patron-submitted corrections to... Now, again, we're not perfect. We get things wrong, and we always want to set the record straight, which you can submit if you support us on Patreon. Aiden writes, and it says, in Broken Silicon 240, you mentioned PCIe lanes for the AM5 Phoenix and Phoenix 2 APUs. When you brought up the numbers listed, you forgot that those numbers include lanes allocated to M.2 drives as well as lanes allocated to GPU. Well, I didn't forget the concept. I just don't think I put any mental thought into how that would be broken down. But anyways, it's an important correction. He says, For the 8700G and 8600G launching soon, they will, like before, only offer 8 PCIe lanes to the GPU, 4 to an uh, M.2, 4 to another M.2, and then 4 to a chipset. And that means it's even worse than what you said for uh, the 8500G and 8300G because they have 14 lanes total since they utilize Phoenix 2. That means they'll get 4 PCIe lanes for the GPU max, And then 4 for an M.2, 4 for an M.2, and 4 for a chipset. Sadly, only times 4 to the GPU slot and only a 4 CU GPU makes the $180 8500G all but useless on AM5. Do it yourself, in my opinion. And you should have kept it to many PCs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't agree for the 8500G necessarily just because, look, hear me out. This half of the reason they launched this to desktop is for oems that won't plug in a gpu and for rdna3 cus is definitely enough to run a few monitors without lag um i remember the old 128 mm-hmm. stream processor am1 platform that seemed fine you know so this is quite a bit better a gpu for that a lot of that's going to go to oems and businesses that just have mini pcs you know stapled to the back of their monitors and this allows AMD to get rid of bad yields that are more leaky that they don't want to sell to laptop. So I think my point is they had to make one Phoenix 2 a desktop chip eventually. So they have a diversity in where they can send bad yields. But I agree that making it the 8,500 G dumb.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it, the that's not enough to really power uh, a, a decent GPU. I mean, I guess if you're going really cheap, the, f- Four lanes won't hinder it that much but it's still not an ideal situation and yeah I definitely wouldn't recommend that then no. at, at all for if you're trying to get like pair this with like even a 6600 or something
0: yeah because 8500G at $180 I mean I don't know I understand 5800X3D and all the other Zen 3X3Ds jump around in price from here to there but I have seen them at micro centers especially after the deals get to like 200 or even less i think for like the 5600 x3d yeah there's just no way around it i understand the argument you get one of these APU's, you can upgrade later on a platform that i hear could last actually beyond zen six just so you know dan uh but at the end of the day the minimum you're gonna want is eight pcie lanes and so i don't think you're ever gonna do that with the 8500g and so at a minimum then just get am4 And a 5600X 3D at Micro Center or the 5500X 3D coming out now soon if it isn't out. Just because that's going to have far less issues. And I mean, yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, the 8700G is, I think, a viable alternative to like the 7700. Um,
0: But no, this just spend 20 more dollars if you ever plan on getting a GPU. (laughs) And it's not like it's 120. Like it's 180 at that price. I mean, I'd kind of recommend an Alder Lake i3. I mean, I guess Raptor yeah, Lake true. will drop in price faster than old Intel generations. You can upgrade to an i9 in the future for 150 bucks or something. I, I, no, I no, I I agree. I don't th- look. I think everyone needs to understand before they call AMD stupid that this is the the Little Phoenix versions are almost definitely for OEMs and stuff. But at the same time, I mean, I'd still say they're named wrong at a minimum. And this does mean, yeah, I just can't recommend them. All right. Speaking of things that are disappointing out of AMD, (laughs) let us move on (laughs) to the first story of the week, which actually will be a leak. Now, here we go. I've got a write-up. All right. So x87, extreme, and Zen 5 issues leak. AMD's next AM5 products are coming with new chipsets, but possibly later than you wanted. Over the past couple of weeks, this channel has been putting together about half a dozen leaks on the side while simultaneously covering all of the super news out there with the intention of dropping these leaks that are being constructed over the course of February and March, once the current events have settled. However, this one couldn't wait. And so at a minimum, of Gerard. Put this on screen here, just like if I was doing a normal leak video, and go through it really quick. So this is the AMD 800 chipset and Zen Five delay leak, end of January 2024. Ooh, I didn't put 23. I'm actually remembering now what year we're in. Um, Source: (laughs) the first source, and all of these sources, by the way, this was thrown together pretty quickly, but all of these are my best, some of my best sources. Now the first one here says that AMD is apparently still preparing an 800 chipset series for Zen Five. That is the following: there is eight X870E with PROM 21 times two and an ASM four two four two USB four controller. And I asked a lot of questions about this because, frankly, I don't actually know that much about this type of stuff. This is something I feel like I have to le- relearn every three years, and I ask the dumbest questions to my sources, <laughs> but. It was made clear. Actually, one of them reminded me that I already had one of the schematics for this uh, a while ago. I don't know if that's leaked from someone else by now. Um, and then it was just tabled because it didn't seem like it was coming out anytime soon. Um, it's it. Look, a- X870E is seemingly literally just X670E w- with USB 4 support. Like, I don't even know if it's getting extra lanes or anything. And then B850 is just B650 extreme. Like, that, that's it. That's all it seems to be. You know, they're going to mandate PCIe 5.0 support. They're not going to do the extreme or not extreme with 850 this time. Now, X870 in between those is the interesting one because I've seen a lot of, I push back a lot and I had some of my sources push back with each other. It sounds like AMD is making a final decision with partners now to either make 8X70 be, again, basically what you would expect, what X670 was so less PCIe 5.0 support but now it has USB 4 controllers or it might just be effectively 8650E with the requirement that all partners use 5.0 whenever possible and can't cheap on any of the IO and then it also gets that USB 4 memory controller. Now, on the one hand, um I thought about this a lot. I did find some B650E motherboards that had a similar amount of slots to an x670 motherboard but of course Mm -hmm. you can't cheat how many lanes there are so what that means is if you were to fill it up like it's an x670 because it has that many different slots some of your ssds might start being times two instead of times four and your pcie lanes will go down to eight which once we have uh you know pcie 5.0 graphics cards i'm gonna guess eight lanes is enough for 90 per, well it'll be enough for all of Your them really pro- for, but it, yeah. it will be almost no impact to 90 of them in performance it'll be like when the 7970 came out and like in remote scenarios there's like a five percent difference so i get the argument there but and i get that you can still have as many slots and if it's as much 5.0 as possible yeah 5.0 times two for an ssd can still probably power a pretty fast as, like but at the end of the well, day it, that sounds really stupid to me if they do this and i go as far as to say it's a pointless chipset. like they should just have eight x870 b850 and then b840 and it's optional if 850 gets the usb4 controller like i i don't see the point in having both of those if amd goes with this now the only reason they would do that though is again Looking around, I did find some B650E motherboards out right now that can power a few SSDs that can have a 5.0 slot that have a, a ton of USB ports on the back. So I can see why they might argue, hey, it allows us to make x eight seventy two hundred dollars or less at launch and it makes it so they have to use 5.0 on everything so there's no guessing i can see the argument for it i just think the name is misleading either way if amd does this it doesn't mean i think the idea is bad i think the idea of calling it x870 mm-hmm. is bad and i don't think we need 270 platforms next gen i understand why they did it now when 5.0 was expensive to support and but hey it put up or shut up like stop making these boards if you can't make them with the newest and best components. And then there's also B840, which is just Prom19 again, uh, which is some version of A620 from before, I believe. And I guess the two Mm -hmm. biggest pieces of news also in this is that from what I was told is the goal is to get to DDR5-8000 with Expo, which is far higher than what I've seen some people speculated online. And this, again, comes from one of my best sources. Maybe they'll hit 7,600, but their goal is DDR5-8000 as standard with 2,400 megahertz FCLK, putting to rest this idea that Zen 5 won't be able to support fast RAM. And, well, then this gets into the even more negative part. This source tells me that they and other motherboard manufacturers, they'll be lucky to show off these boards at Computex, which is early June. And even that isn't guaranteed yet. At a minimum, they'd expect to be announced them, but they don't even know if they'll have boards at the show. And then my other sources, i re- this is one of those things that made me reach out to a bunch of people, all pretty much said the same thing, actually. And I actually have a ton more info that's gonna go in way more detail about Zenify performance and the pros and cons of the architecture. Uh, so, but I'm gonna stay away from that now and just tell you, I don't think it's launching the first half of this year. I got one source telling me there were tons of issues. Another source telling me that a minimum Epic's probably gonna launch in quarter three you put a gun up to my head i i, I can't be a hundred percent sure it won't pay for launch at the end of quarter two but to me it sounds like a computex announcement with a launch sometime between july and september although the good news is is there is a debate going on in eight with within amd that if they're not going to be able to launch at the beginning of this year which again on screen one of my original source uh, one of the sources not original one of the sources for this told me that their original goal was to rush out Zen 5 without X3D before the new chipsets are even ready just to beat Intel to the punch. But if they're going to be delayed this far, they're thinking about announcing X3D and maybe even Zen 5C models at the same time. And my suspicion would be they launch the standard models first and then just like with Zen 2, the higher core count and the best models launch quarter four, like a month before Arrow Lake. Like that's Mm -hmm. what I'm guessing is going to happen. All right, Dan, I just went through all of that. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, it overall sounds like uh, Zen 5 could be, turn out to be the first kind of disappointing uh, Zen generation, although I don't think anything in this spells, I mean, suggests that it's going to be bad, just meh, and maybe only worth getting if like the pricing is right and people will still probably just get Zen 4. and. Hell, maybe even Zen three is still going to be popular when this thing comes out. But
0: yeah, I mean, the way I would put it is if everything goes perfectly from now and AMD is aggressive, we could see this feeling like a Zen two moment. If again, the way that happens is we assume, and again, I'm going to put out another leak. I fairly soon. So that's when I'll confirm everything else for you. But If everything goes better than expected from here on out and AMD decides to be aggressive, which again, I know I always want them to be aggressive. I basically always (laughs) say I hope they're aggressive because, guys, I want lower prices just like you do. But I do think if there was a time to not hold back, it really is this one, you know, because this is their chance to prove they can stay ahead of Intel for a long time. And if they blow this one, I do think Intel can start taking back momentum, as I'll say in another league. Coming I mean, soon. But I think it could still feel like a Zen 2 moment if they manage to come out at it, Computex and go nine fifty x 16 cores, 8900X, 12 cores. And they're like, you know, 650 or so. Like, yeah, like 600, 450. They basically just replace the current lineup of Zen 4. But let's say it's 15% faster or something. Uh, of course, in remote scenarios, it'll be more than that. But in others, it won't be, of course, too. And then they're like, and that is launching, you know, July, whatever, or something. And then they go, and then launching quarter three, we will, later in quarter three, we will have the eight, like, you know, the one more thing as she walks out with the nine, 960 x3d and goes mm-hmm. this has two different types of cores 24 cores and x3d and then they show a benchmark this thing will be current gen gaming by 25 percent while offering 50 percent higher multi-threading this is a zen two moment for amd yet again we are relentless Q buzzwords also it's good at ai probably they'll claim or something you know that is the thing but if they come out at computex and they're like maybe we'll launch a 16 core late quarter three and we're not going to rush everything <laughs> else. I, I do think they're just giving Intel an opening here.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I think uh, a lot of it also just has to go it, be if this is a disappointing-ish generation, they just need to price things accordingly and not try and to, pull
0: all the levers they can to make it not disappointing.
1: Yeah, it, and not yeah, and not try to push the issue because I, Intel isn't completely out of running when it comes to uh, desktop CPUs, I don't think, even though eh, it's pretty bad at this point. But the other thing that I think the X870 chipset, if that does get launched, it's just weird to me because that kind of sounds more like what should be the B850 chipset to me. Um, And I don't think they should push that if it's going to be so much worse than the X870E chipset. I don't know.
0: I would go as far as to say and remember these are things that might not even be announced until 5 months from now and at the they're basically in the process of finalizing the outlines these are I looked it up you can google this USB 4 controller there's a page for it like this is not alien 2 nanometer technology here so there's room for change but yes what I would recommend to AMD is 670 xb or yeah x670 b650 the extreme versions made sense back then they don't now just have eight x870 x8 fit b50 or b jeez b850 and call it a day that is all you yeah. should do a- and amd has been an, uh,
1: has already been criticized uh for their uh, for how they've pushed the motherboards last generation and trying to repeat it again and not even really having anything that's Really better than what they had before would make that appearance look
0: even worse. Again, on the surface, I think there's this could all still improve the motherboard space for AMD. Yeah, because right now, when you look up on new, I mean, I have it pulled up, B650E motherboards, I, you have no idea what you're <laughs> getting here. Like, there's $300 models. models, some have 4.0, some some have 5.0, some don't have 5.0. Some of them have as many slots as 670, but like half of them lose their their bandwidth cut in half if you (laughs) fill them and plug in USBs. Like, I think this is an opportunity to just have, hey, eight, you know, X870, this is a motherboard that is like the best 670Es. It's going to be $300 to $400, but it's now the best ones that used to cost $600 with USB 4. So if you buy one, you know you're getting all 5.0 USB 4. There's no more guessing. And yes, they're $400. But again, that used to be $600. And now you know what you're getting. And so on yep. and so forth down the staff. Like the new chipsets, you know what you're getting in there of the highest quality. And remember, they still have 600 series that will push down the prices of all the old ones. So even if you have the guess, at least they're cheaper. But again, I really would advise AMD not to do what it sounds like some people think they could do.
1: Yeah, I, I mean AMD does just—they need to simplify their motherboard lineup. So even if it's overall not insanely better than what they have right now, if it's just more simplified, I think that's better because yeah, true. A, a lot of motherboards you—you you have to read so many specs to understand
0: what you're actually buying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, besides this, all I can say is, of course, I'm also working on an <laughs> Intel leak and. I want to double check with all of my sources again here. Cause again, that, you know, we'll, like you'll see in the next story, that last round of double checking <laughs> can completely change how you portray a leak. And I just want to double check that arrow Lake is still going to be that 25 to like 35% stronger in single threading. I've heard it could be maybe even a little above that in mixed threading. So, you know, less than eight threads, but more than two uh, and so on and so forth. But you know, it, if AMD launches with X3D right away and they do it all right, it still sounds like Zen 5 to me. And again, I, we'll get into this in other leaks, guys. Like some of these fake leakers that lied about Alchemist Plus and are lying about Zen 5 performance, I'm telling you, they're lying. Like <laughs> they are lying to you. They are just guessing the numbers you want to hear. It is not, I, I don't know, because I don't. I only know what I see people say in, like, the comments. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it sounds like some of them are acting like Zen 5 is going to be 40% faster single threading or something. And, of course, I'm sure by now they've walked it back to 35 then 30. Then (laughs) something went wrong, and now it's, you know, whatever. Before they just slowly become the numbers I've said the whole time. (laughs) Um, But do not buy into the most insane Zen 5 stuff, I don't think. Again, at some tasks, oh, it's going to blow... Things out of the water. It's, I don't take back anything about ABX workloads. I think even though Turin seems delayed, I think Epic is going to be a a monster at uh, Exascale workloads or something. Um, but you know, it, it's not perfect, and and it, it sounds like Zen six is kind of the bigger push, and that means that Intel may have an opening here. You know, this actually yeah. might be interesting. Again, though,
1: well, in- AMT, uh, not AMD. Intel only has an opening if they can resolve the their power scaling issue which they haven't proven that they've can done for do for three generations so i because if if they still have the power issues that they have now i just don't see intel intel being able to capitalize on the opening
0: well and again you know we were disappointed that strix halo of course this channel broke the news that that was delayed to 2025 and that strix was delayed to the second half of this year mm-hmm. which by the way makes it so i believe this zen 5 delay stuff I believe it instantly. Yeah, that makes sense. Other Zen5 products are getting pushed back. And yeah, Hogpoint isn't the biggest uplift ever. It's really only got an AI tweak. But, you know, AMD says, you know, Intel says, I see your disappointing delays and I meet you with an IPC regression <laughs> in Meteor Lake. So before we count our ducks, you know, where they hatch, or chickens, or really any bird that hatches out of an egg, or platypus, <laughs> um, I think we need to remember that Well, we don't know (laughs) what issues Intel may have either. This really does seem like a year where a lot of companies are struggling to either maintain their size, maintain their relentless execution while scaling larger in the case of AMD, or maintain their goals while hemorrhaging personnel and, you know, their, Mm -hmm. like, money. So it's kind of a a rough year here, but it's just who gets through the issues better. Um, Yeah. Alrighty. Well, speaking of issues, though, why don't we move on to story number two? Ever feel like a dog chasing its tail as you scour dozens of eBay postings and CD websites looking for a safe way to get reasonably priced Microsoft software? Well, you don't have to do that just go to cdkeyoffer.com this piece of content is sponsored by cdkeyoffer.com that offers both microsoft operating systems office products select games and even some gaming hardware peripherals for reasonable prices and you know they've been a sponsor of moore's laws dead and the entire team here for years for a reason they've been good to me they've been good to dan they've been good to dozens of me and dan's family members and friends for years now and they've also been good to the moore's law is dead community so whether you're looking for steam ea uplay or playstation keys or of course microsoft Products or gaming peripherals, support Moore's Law is Dead by using the offer code BrokenSilicon for 25% off all Microsoft products and die shrink for three percent off everything else on the website. Support Moore's Law is Dead by supporting one of our best long-term sponsors, CDkeyOffer.com, today. Uh, Intel Battle Mage Laptop DGPUs possibly canceled already. All right. Zen5 delays weren't the only leak that this channel felt the need to push up before the super news stopped taking flight weekly. There was also a huge arc leak out of this channel last week that I'm actually going to insist people go watch for all the details because there actually was quite a lot Mm -hmm. there in documentation that's pretty big you're going to want to see for yourself and have it fully explained. I've already seen a lot of websites reporting on what I said completely missing half of the context so please watch that video it's actually an exhaustive one um but anyways the spark notes are number one OEMs still know literally nothing about battle mage and this shocked me it shouldn't maybe but it shocked me every single oem i talked to cannot tell me one confirmed thing about battle mage like a- a- anything and the, uh, some of these OEMs know the bus width of Navi 48, yes, Navi 48, and Navi 44, and roughly when they're coming. And they're already specking out laptops for them. Hopefully, laptops plural, not just one at Alienware this time for RDNA4. And Blackwell's getting fully specked out laptops and stuff. No, the OEMs rarely know the full CUDA core count, but they, they'll know the bus width of like some of them and when they're coming, you know. So they know nothing, none of that for Battle Mage. And I've had OEMs directly tell me that they would need it yesterday to even launch a laptop with it this week, unless some miracle happened. So basically, if there isn't a picture of a BattleMage laptop test system in the next week, OEMs, without even knowing anything about BattleMage, can tell me they don't think it's going to be able to launch this year in any real way. God knows what yeah. Intel calls a launch is different than everyone else. Also, they, they told me Alchemist Plus was definitely never a thing as a dedicated GPU, by the way um that would le- have left anything but like the concept phase three years ago there were no roadmaps for that for anyone but additionally though so oems also don't want to support battle mage that was another interesting thing because i've seen some early performance numbers for lunar lakes integrated graphics and look it's early it was synthetic benchmarks is what i saw so you never know how that's going to translate into real world usage perfectly but lunar lake seemed like it had impressive integrated graphics and so i have a feeling that oems just don't really believe what intel says anymore or if they do they are like yeah but will this actually come out in 2026 i mean (laughs) and so it kind of to me sounds like not only is battlemage not ready to launch on time not only uh, oems don't want it they want to see intel have a full generation that actually lives up to their hype before they consider supporting the next one um and the document i have a literal master document that shows no laptop for Battle Mage, and I think it's because of OEMs aren't going to get it, and it won't be ready on time anyways to get into laptops, and no one's going to want it after Blackwell's out. And they're just going to do a limited run of workstation and desktop, I think, end 2024 or probably early 2025. And then I also, and I didn't show this, this gets even more sensitive, but there are new, I mean, there's things called POR, uh, it's like something of record This, I can't believe I'm blanking on that, but it's like, this is like the definition documents that they have for Mm -hmm. people at different teams who are management to look at. And some chief POR documents for Celestial and Druid now show competing flagship designs being a tile for an APU thus suggesting battle mage might not even be canceled. to laptop might not only have a very limited run to like workstation and desktop that they kind of sweep under the rug. But after that, it, it might be APU only for arc for years. So this all pretty much lines up entirely with, well, it does Not pretty much. If, if anything, it's more pessimistically happening quicker than I thought it would compared to the uh, Intel arc effectively canceled leak that I put out a couple of years ago. So there it is, Dan, what do you think?
1: Um, I mean, once again, (laughs) it's just yeah, more Intel doom and gloom. I mean, it seems like when they don't real can't really do anything with their tiles, they just dump it on the DIY markets. I'm sure that's what's going to happen again. Surprise! I I mean, there are a couple channels, I guess, that fanboy out over Intel Arc for some reason. They haven't made a good product yet. Battle Mage. Seems like it's going to continue that trend. <laughs> like, I, I really don't know what else to say beyond that. Like, I, at first, I thought it might be because of power issues when you brought that up to me, but then you're like, well, no, it's just laptops don't have any specs for it because there's. It's not ready. It, 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 so, well, they can't design anything for it then if they don't have that unless they just assume it will be the same size as their previous stuff. And I don't know why you would actively seek out putting Battle Mage on your laptops uh, based on how Alchemist went.
0: And if I had to guess, laptop OEM said to Intel, like, well, we're very, very unhappy with how Alchemist and Meteor like turned out. So I'll tell you what, here's the thing. Raja Kadori showed us that roadmap that said Battle Mage is launching 2023 to 2024, whatever that means. But 2023 is over and it never came out. And they're going, all right, well, we'll do this. We know we need you to provide us at least preliminary details by the end of, I don't know, by by the beginning of the year. And if you don't, then we know at a minimum you are effectively missing your roadmap that Raja showed off that we all knew you were going to. But if you can show us at the beginning of the year, then we'll say, well, maybe they'll actually stick to their roadmap. But if you don't, then we know that you won't. And we're not doing this guessing game again. We're not doing the Meteor like thing. We're going to have to guess where this launch is, prepare all this money. I mean, with Alchemist, I heard about AIBs that like, had meeting after meeting like five months in a row like we're ready to launch the a380 and then that even wasn't ready to like really july and they were so mad that they just had this capacity not just like tsmc people but like aibs like will buy ahead of time assembly line usage at a assembler in china and source who's gonna buy heat sinks and they need to get here by this date and we have the net 30 payments ready to go when that happens and then they waited four Mm -hmm. months with all the suppliers to like i don't know msi same when's it coming out when's it coming out when's it coming out and i've had to deal with this in my job in the automotive industry too and there were a couple projects that drove people crazy and if that happens once or twice in a row they just don't want it unless you pay up front so that's my guess, and they already know it's going to miss it, and because of that, Intel knows they're not going to be interested, and so they're probably making the decision, we can't afford another horrible, delayed launch that ruins our relationship more. Let's just, again, throw it on, do it yourself, and get this out, because it's basically going to be done, and we might... We already bought the capacity at TSMC, we have to make it, so we might as well do that.
1: Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look at the Alchemist launch, how long did they... How how prolonged was that launch? Well, again, it was like six... Eight months. I don't know, like man. I mean, it
0: was supposedly a quarter one launch that had a prolonged, not really out thing until the end of quarter two for the A three hundred and eighty and a couple laptops, and then it wasn't really. I mean, it wasn't really out until late quarter three or really quarter four for the A seven seventy.
1: Yeah. So all the uh, <laughs> all a a paper launch tells you from Intel at this point then is it will be out in that year which that's not good enough for laptop manufacturers. It's yeah. okay enough, I guess, for the DIY market because, well, there's we're not producing anything at scale. So, so if you want to buy a part, you can just buy a part. But uh, I'm sure it's frustrating for AIBs too.
0: But um, Well, and again, if you go to HP's, and I said this on the video, which again, I recommend everybody watch. If you go to the uh, HP's website, as an example of one that I just <laughs> looked around, Uh, They have these like massively discounted like 730M laptops and like, you know, in fact, let me look. 730M laptop, Intel HP. Like I wanna see these examples here because I wanna see a direct Apple to Apple comparison because if you think about what goes into like, if you have an OLED screen, and then a battery and then an ssd and then 1632 gigabytes of ram and so on and so forth and then no one buys all these laptops you built you wasted the components for all these other products and you know they could have sold if it had an nvidia card or like a a hawk or you know i guess back then phoenix apu and it's just so different than having the amount of components that went into making an an add-in board by gunner Spelled with an <laughs> I instead of an E, that no one's ever heard of, than it does when HP wasted all of this capacity on something that they're they're going to probably have to sell well below what they paid to manufacture it.
1: Yeah, well, Tom, it also might end up on Spark, that other weird company that magically popped up because. Uh,
0: I think Resume Sparkle of- may have existed before that, though. Oh
1: yeah, Sparkle, not Spark. It, it, it might have. I, I I don't remember ever seeing a card from either of them until
0: I well, up, though. I think they were like Chinese or uh, European market cards. because uh, oh, okay. I swear I used to see Sparkle even me cards. Don't crucify me, people. If I got that remembered that wrong, but then they, the only people they could convince to try to launch this in the U.S. was <laughs> these weird companies to make a decent amount of models that usually yeah. wouldn't even sell in other regions.
1: Yeah, because I guess even the the bigger AIBs just don't even want to touch it, which is very telling, <laughs> I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. you know. And the only other thing I will say is I actually tried to hit a positive tone in that video, which is to say, <clears throat> if you saw all the OEMs saying, Intel's shoving this down our throat and we're mad at them and this is terrible, and then Intel people at intel telling me in meetings i don't know we say we're launching quarter three somehow but i don't think it's possible that would actually be a far worse circumstance than what i'm hearing now which is that they're asking the things they know won't sell they're asking the things that will ruin their relationships and they're winding down arc to hibernate so they don't go out of business As a major point i make in the video is The only people who would be disappointed by this are the fanboys that want their 4080s to be cheaper and don't care if Intel goes out of business, which is insane, because if they go out of business, or not even out of business, if they keep wasting money like this, they'll have less money for R&D on their cores, and we will be, at least NVIDIA and Radeon compete. This will be horrible if Intel were to permanently fall two generations behind AMD and CPU. It it would be, that is what's gonna make your PC go up in price.
1: Yeah, because uh, people always talk about having more competitors being good. But if one of the competitors is a non-competitor, it still doesn't help the market at all.
0: (laughs) Right. NVIDIA, I mean, Intel announces Alchemist, gets bad reviews, and then NVIDIA launches an $800 12 gigabyte card. Does it sound like NVIDIA was threatening people? No, they got cockier because they knew they can charge more. And we don't need that. What we need is Intel to survive long enough so that they can make drivers at least make their APUs compete with AMD, keep CPU afloat, and then try again in like four years or five years, which is what I said in that effectively canceled video, people. I never, I said, I doubt they ever admit anything's canceled. They're just going to need to wind things down. And that seems to be what's happening. And anyone rooting for anything else is someone that I'm sure just wants their graphics cards from the other companies to be cheaper and doesn't care if Intel goes out of business
1: yeah and hopefully i don't know how far down the line they've already started planning their gpu line but hopefully whatever is currently druid or whatever is after that elf i don't know uh, no, probably <laughs> um hopefully one of those turn out to be good and they can go into a actual functional <laughs> and be an actual functional high end product rather than have raja kadouri tell you an a, a 3060 competitor is a
0: enthusiast grade product (laughs) that ends up losing to a 6600 for like the first six months yes um uh dead writes in and says is intel dead or alive well they're certainly not dead right now and what i would just say is before people go into full doom and gloom mode i don't know the only thing i can say is missing the ai boom which if you look at analysts right now they think they have that is such a bad thing to miss well they're also oh yeah losing market share but you know what let's just granite rapids arrow lake battle mage if battle mage actually does have working drivers even if it's zero volume no one wants it if it actually has working drivers and can at least not lose money at like 350 dollars, which i don't see how with the specs i liked again watch the video i like the specs too of what it would be if they were to launch the full lineup that's remaining um that's kind of remaining because there was actually a bigger one dude that's already canceled nonetheless Um, you know, that would actually be a good thing to see. Like if Lunar Lake's integrated graphics matches or beats Strix, like, okay, um, maybe that means they are going to get things on track. If Arrow Lake beats Zen 5, if Granite Rapids is competitive with Zen 5, then things are on track here. But I want to see these three things first. And this is the final year where we can go, they can't miss again. None yeah, of these can I mean, miss. It needs to be three home runs in a row this year.
1: Yeah, I, they're a big company, so it's going to take a long time for them to fall. They they, they wouldn't go out
0: of business, right? No, yeah. but that's when I go, I don't know how relevant they really are anymore if those three fail because everything they're making is predicated on those being a good baseline, right? And I yeah. actually said that about Meteor Lake too, but I guess I'll give them one more try.
1: You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, to... To remain optimistic, you have to give them another try, I guess, but if this is another just obviously bad year for Intel, we'll we'll see, but I don't think they're going to be shuttering their doors in the year 2025, but I mean, yeah, bankruptcy is always a possibility far enough into the future, and that's at least the trajectory they're on right now.
0: And again, if you guys want to call us Intel haters, well, there's another channel out there who doctored a roadmap to put Alchemist Plus on it that never came out in 2023. Enjoy the fake news that never comes true. I hope you enjoy your disappointment. We're just trying to tell you the facts. Sometimes they're not good. Uh, Techno writes in and says, out of pure curiosity, why wouldn't mage support GDDR7, even if in a limited speed capability? Well, Roger Kadori's roadmap said 2023. So I'm assuming they were hoping to launch it in 2023. And despite what I think some people think, you can't just like glue GDDR7 to an RX 480 and make it use it. Like the memory controller has to be built to support the standard. My understanding is if you have a GDDR6X controller, less work is needed adapting it to become a version that supports GDDR7. I've even heard that the (laughs) 4090 Ti, if it ever came out, might be able to have a weak version of GDDR7 supported in it, although I don't think that's ever coming out at this point. But, you know, if they design this for GDDR6 and GDDR6X and they didn't put in what would be required for GDDR7, then it's not going to get it. That's Mm -hmm. really what it comes down to. And I would say, based on the performance I've heard, well, 256-bit GDDR6 with something that sounds like it'll be 4070 Ti performance at most, that's probably already more than enough bandwidth than what it needs.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, you never know if it could benefit from more bandwidth, but still.
0: It is a different architecture than NVIDIA, sure. But but still, that's what I would suggest. Um QH Freddy writes in and he says, one of your main arguments recently is that Radeon needs to offer 30% value, better value than GeForce to sell well. How much better value do you think ARC needs to offer? Well, <laughs> just to clarify I think it's 30% better value for a Radeon Radeon card to sell better than the NVIDIA counterpart. So that's not sell well. That's sell crazy well, considering they hold about a third of the market share, right? So, you know, my guess is it's actually like 25% is sell well. 20% is a better ratio than where they're at now. Um, So just having clarified that, I don't know, dude. I mean, I think... I I think for someone to consider a card over the A770, I think it would have to be like 50% faster than its counterpart to outsell. Like, I honestly think the A770, I guess it has double the RAM, but I think to outsell the 4060, it would need to be like 40 to 50% faster.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. At 300. Exactly where I line up. It's just, yeah, that's probably around right. 50, 50, 60% better value. And like, it's... My problem with the argument about Intel and value with their GPUs is that it's always kind of been BS. Like mm-hmm. they, It's kind
0: of there now on paper, but it wasn't there until like a month ago.
1: Yeah, like for, mo- for most of its lifespan, it's been better value if you remove all of the games that don't work and look at the highest price models that it's competing against. So it's like, yeah, the... Like 3060 OC edition that for some reason sells for a $100 more than MSRP. Yeah, I guess it's better value than that one.
0: <laughs> Which, on that note, like if I just look at some recent ray tracing benchmarks on da, 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 tech power up, I mean, in relative performance in ray tracing, where's the A770? They <laughs> have it. Oh, uh, yeah. And let's even give it 4K because that's where it relatively does the best. All right. So, in ray tracing in 4K, The A770, actually, in some averages, if you're only using super ray-traced games for the average, you're looking at performance actually around a 7700 XT, which is, you know, pretty crazy. But again, at that frame rate, you're looking at... Whereas, I think you're looking at, like, below 20 frames per second in 4K with (laughs) ray-tracing turned up. So what the fuck is your point? It's like, guys generally speaking this is around 7600 performance and if your thing that you're talking about is well it does better than usual in 4k and it does better than usual against radeon and ray tracing it's like yeah all those people who buy 300 dollars graphics cards to play in 4k with ray tracing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i
1: mean that that gets down to the argument where you're just you're just playing with numbers at this point and misrepresenting them um because the argument now is this is slightly less unplayable than the other card in this specific scenario. And that's, I hate to break it to you, not actually an argument in, in favor of something.
0: Yeah, I know. So it's like, no. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. So speaking of disappointing performance, though, let us now move on. A lot of disappointing transitions, but what are you going to do? Um, to story number three, RTX 4070 Ti Super reviews. All right, let's just start with a quote from Hardware Unboxed. This refresh model, the 4070 Ti Super, is better than the non-Super it's replacing, but it's not that much better. So was it worth waiting 12 months for this? Well, this channel would say no, considering the 4070 Ti fails to beat the cheaper RX 7900 XT and raster, and it has also more, um, I mean, less VRAM than a card that is also cheaper. So worse raster, less VRAM, and it costs more. And even in ray tracing, it is definitely a win on average by double digits over the 7900 XT. But it depends on the game. There are some games where it doesn't win or it ties. And so I don't know. It's like this is some 50% ray tracing blowout on average, which I would want to see for a card that is, again, a Tech TechPowerUp and Gamers Nexus found the 4070Ti Super less efficient than the 7900 XT, cost 10%, 10% more, often $100 more, has less RAM and lower raster. If it loses 4 out of 5 metrics, the last one's got to be like a crazy win. But it's not. With the 4780Ti Super, we see small performance improvements over the forty seven ti usually around 5%, sometimes lower. In 4K, it can get a more impressive 10% uplift thanks to its increased VRAM size, but that's all it really does and just overall then it does not change the competitive landscape even as much as amd dropping the 7900 xt msrp to 750 but these 7900 xt now at 750 or even as low as close to 700 oftentimes we would actually say that 70 ti versus 7900 xt is even more in favor of amd after the super launch
1: yeah i mean i i would say with a uh it seems like AMD right now is experimenting with dropping it to seven ten or trying to push more models down to seven ten. And if if you can get the 7900 XT for seven hundred ten dollars, I see literally no reason why you get the forty seventy Ti Super. It's mm-hmm. people discuss ray tracing as if it's like a almost as if AMD can't cards can't do it when it's just they're generally better at it. Which I think is it's confusing to me because even if you're only valuing ray tracing at seven hundred ten dollars. I think the, I think it's either compar- I mean, it's at a minimum comparable value. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. So, I, I I just don't see any reason you would get this, especially when most people still don't turn on ray tracing most of the time. This is just, I, I, it rights the wrongs of the forty seventy of the forty seventy Ti to an extent, I guess, but barely. It's just. Like, I think I said that already. It's just this, this is just what the 4070 Ti, formerly the 4080 12 gigabytes, should have been.
0: This is what it should have been the whole time. Yeah. 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 I mean, if we're being honest, we'll get to the 4080 Super in a second. From my perspective, the entire time, what they're calling the 4080 Super, that should have just been the 4080 Ti for 800. And then what they're calling the 4070 Ti Super, it should have just been the 4080 for 750. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. that's probably what they should have done. The, the entire time.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see if people start lining up in droves. I don't think they are. But, <laughs> but uh yeah, th- this is, I think, the worst segment of the market right now, though, is that like 600 to $800 here does seem to be the worst part of the market. Um, but I think either some old card that someone will say in the comments, like, well, a 6900 XT is this much right now. and Yeah, maybe it is. I, I-, I don't keep track of all of the pricing for every model because there's too many. But, Yeah, an old used card or the 7900 XT is the best card to get in this price range, I think.
0: All right. Well, you said you don't know people are showing up in droves. Well, I do. So let us now move on to story number four. All right. RTX 4070 and 4070 Ti Super and 7600 XT sales update. So, of course, this channel broke the news that the 4070 Super started off by selling pretty damn badly, worse than just about any card this gen, with some major online retailers I have contacts at saying it was underselling the 4080 at first. And meanwhile, the 4070 Ti Super did start off better, again, as reported by this channel in a video at the end of Friday, uh, but honestly, not that much better considering it is at least so far selling worse, at least on the f- first day of launch our first few days of launch, then what the 4070 did. And let us remember, everyone was clowning on RTX 4070 sales. So it still managed to undersell that. And remember, the point of Super is to make up for lost momentum, not just tread water at sales levels everyone has been making fun of for a year. However... This channel stated that we would give you an update this weekend after there was more time to evaluate things, especially because cards that are cheaper tend to sell better on the weekend because people are less likely to go out after work or get up early on a workday and like camp out in a micro center, for example, or be ready to buy it the second it is live on Newegg's page during a work week if it's a cheaper card. They, They just won't rush out to get that. That's like... PS5 Xbox launch day and $1000 graphics card activity. No no one does that for mid-range <laughs> or lower stuff. But anyways, I'll have dried put this on screen, AMD and video sales update. Source number 1, the sor- the number one thing that this person who works at a major retailer, and I will be honest, these are all from people within the United States. Oftentimes I'll get someone from Europe, someone in Asia. This time I didn't have time for that over the weekend. I, this is all in the US, so just being honest with you guys there. Uh, the number one thing this person who's at a major retailer wants to emphasize is that nobody wants to pay above MSRP anymore, and thus if MSRP models for the 4070 Ti Super sell out, they do think sales will slow down, but ads for now, right now the 4070 ti super is apparently picking up in sales although it is not a champion this is not something selling like the 4090 but it is definitely improved from where it was before and at first it was selling okay ish meanwhile the 4070 super is and i got this from multiple people is actually picking up in sales a lot right now over the weekend but interestingly it isn't necessarily outselling the 7800 xt so 7800 xt sales remain strong 4070 super sales are picking up again it kind of seems like and uh i just saw this the 7800 xt on new egg there's now a model at 490 dollars i suspect that if what i recommended to amd does happen the 7800 xt is on average 500 so there's some models at 520 but some models at 480 it will probably keep the same sales momentum that it had before against the 4070 which is to say that most people are going to pay 20 less from over vram uh but The 4070 was never a complete dud, and the 4070 Super probably won't be a complete dud long-term. But again, it's still losing relative market share to the 7800 XT. And Oh, this first source also says that the 7600 XT is selling better this weekend than it was during the week, Uh, but it's not selling good yet. Now, uh, a second source tells me that the 4070 Ti, this is at a different Retailer, this is a major online retailer in the US, is a sales disaster for them. And this is why you have to get multiple data points, people. You might have one major company, you know, a huge retailer in the US sell completely different numbers to another retailer in the US. Um, And this person says the 7600 XT is premature yet still for them because they still haven't received that much volume. And I've actually seen that a lot of mom and pop retailers do. The 7600 XT is kind of like. It was on Am, uh, on uh, Newegg, but it, I don't think it was as ready to launch right away this week. And it's real full availability is probably next week. Um, and then Source Three, which I forgot to write a three on there, sorry, or maybe I'll correct <laughs> that when I send that to Gerard. He says they he can report that the seventy six hundred XT is starting to sell, but it's not fantastic. And also, super cards in general are picking up in sales, although this isn't selling like previous gen still. And there's a lot of interest in the forty. 80 super. And on, another thing that I'll point out too is I've heard 4090 and XTX sales have kind of fallen off a cliff right now. And it's everyone's waiting for 4080 super reviews. And I think it's worth pointing out 7800 XT sales went down a bit before the 4870 super launched and that they went back sense. up because people are waiting for reviews. So I wouldn't read too much into some of the higher end sales until about a week from now. Yeah. Alright. There we go, Dan.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like with the 7800 XT versus the 4070 Super, I mean, this writes the, this writes it a little bit, I, I suppose, versus the 4070 base model, but it's not that really different of a story than what was all, the already existing picture, which is just a 4070 for $550. I mean, the 4070, frankly, should be 500, and 4070 Super should probably be 550. If they did that, I think the 4070 Super might be competitive against the 7800 XT, but it's not there. So <laughs> that's not what it is. So I, I don't see why anyone wouldn't still just save the money and go with the 7800 XT instead.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I saw a lot of people in the comments saying things like I, you know, especially I saw, I remember today someone was like, I'm in Portugal, prices are different here. You guys gotta yeah. understand a lot of the MSRP models, and I believe it's for import reasons. If you're gonna add a twenty percent tax in Europe, they're like, Okay, well then we might as well also just throw a nicer cooler on top of it too, if everything's <clears> gonna <throat> cost twenty to, or ten mm-hmm. to fifteen percent more than the US. Um he's like, you know, once you equate for like what the average AIB model sells for, the 4070 super is easily twenty five percent more expensive, and I just want more RAM, and everyone is saying they want it. Like QH Freddy writes in and says, How long do you expect it will be until 12 gigabyte cards are in a similar state of having trouble meeting the VRAM needs of games as 8 gigabyte cards are now? How much of a problem do you think 16 gigabytes will be for upper mid range gaming in the coming three years or so? Well, I think 16 gigabytes now is kind of like 12 gigabytes in. I don't know. I, Honestly, I 2019.
1: Three, I I don't think 16 gigabyte would be an issue until there's already pro-
0: some games that can fill up 24 gigabytes. So it's going to be a thing. Again, it's just like, yeah, but yeah, that's the like range
1: that though, that that's a different picture than like the 4092, though.
0: Yeah. It well, exactly. And I think for the most part it won't be again, I'd say sixteen gigabytes now is like twelve gigabytes right before Ampere came out. Look, there were mm-hmm. games. Already out before Ampere launch that we're going over 10 gigabytes of usage. Uh, Multiple games. you were already seeing the limits of it sometimes. Generally speaking, though, most games used under 8 gigabytes, even though you could sometimes see those limits as well. And you were like, you got at least three years where there's going to probably not be a single game you play where you have any real issue. That's how I think of 16 gigabytes now. Meanwhile, I think of 12 gigabytes as... hmm. Maybe not quite like 8 gigabytes in 2020 when the 3070 launched, but close. I honestly I mean, I, do. I,
1: I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of badly written articles next year about a couple new releases that are quote-unquote poorly optimized because they go over 12 gigabytes.
0: Yeah, um let me see okay we got that question there uh the techno writes in and asks do founders edition cards scare aibs or help them i feel like founders edition cards do lower aibs margins but they also give them a rough idea for what components they should be using at a certain price and could yeah they're using components nvidia can source at scales they can't afford so what they're showing them is that they're fucked Uh, aibs hate the founders edition people they didn't have a problem with it before It made sense to them. NVIDIA wants some early sales. They want to be able to control the minimum specs. But now that they're selling cards with perceivably at least nicer coolers a lot of the time using more expensive components that they are only getting because they're NVIDIA. They can afford to buy up so much stuff in bulk and force crap margins at Best Buy with the Founder's Edition or something. Like, no, they hate them a lot. They hate the Founder's Edition.
1: Well, I mean, when you, the old model that we had for cards was the AIB models can have better fan designs and everything. So they can hit, have better thermals so you can overclock better. But new GPUs now, like, like you said, they have expensive fans. They are basically overclocked out of the gate. So these OC models don't really matter. It's, it's like Intel, I mean, not like ace is trying to sell their super expensive 4090 that is has like a two percent overclock or five percent overclock and barely any better thermals and that that's i think a huge problem because it kind of just makes the aib models feel superfluous at a certain point um because i don't think better thermals are all that important if it's running at roughly the same uh decibel range and isn't and the heat isn't a problem with uh you know uh throttling so i i, I think like the the IPs are like completely screwed over by those founders models
0: yeah the way i would put it is starting with they had founders i believe with kepler but it was really starting with pascal to my memory that they were like the 1060 is launching a month early on nvidia.com at 300 but it totally starts at 230 or whatever they said it's 250 i know what they said you know so on and so forth that that annoyed aibs but aibs are like well nvidia's ready before us anyway so they don't want to like launch a month later because we're getting our cards ready and ours will be a little better and a little cheaper so we're fine with it and then turing (laughs) came out and man turing had some cool looking reference cards and that's the first time i remember going oh those look cool but then also nvidia started giving higher clocks to the ref the founder's model and yes aib coolers were generally better than the turing ones but that's when aibs definitely weren't just annoyed they started hating them and it's ampere where they were furious and evga stopped making graphics cards people that's how much they don't like them
1: (laughs) yeah i i mean i I, ultimately i can't know all of why uh evj decided to do that but clearly the ceo thought that that it they were going to be pushed out of the market. So he just decided to call it immediately.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All righty. Well, let, I don't think I have anything else to say about these sales here. Um, you know, the 7600 XT, it isn't lighting the world on fire. Um, I wouldn't have expected it to, though, although I still hear mixed expectations. And I really think that thing gravitating closer to 300. More reviews getting out that actually test it with 16 gigabytes. I actually want to test this one in person finally because I want to see if it is usable to have 16 gigabytes at this level of performance. So you should look for that review as well. Meanwhile, I think Super is picking up in sales right now, but it's after like just god awful initial Super sales, and I can't help but just think, I don't know. I think it'll improve Super's sale, it'll improve Lovelace's sales uh, to a certain degree. But I don't know if you agree, Dan, if AMD can mandate like, you know, 900, let alone 800, and then 700 or 750, and then below 500 for the... 900 xtx 900 xt 800 xt price points yeah i don't really see things shifting i think nvidia just kind of like adjusted amd adjusted and the cards amd had selling well before they're going to keep selling well and nvidia may partially fix some of them but not enough to really change where things were going already
1: yeah i i I mean that that this tier of the market is better value now than it used to be but it's not it's not like it was an insane change in how valuable uh, cards are at this mark. I, I mean, the, the value you're getting for cards at, at this price range.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let us move on, finally, to the final god dang super card that we will have to talk mm-hmm. about here. Um, presumably, there'll be some super discussion next news episode, but maybe not. We'll see. Got any 2024 New Year's resolutions? Well, my girlfriend's cat does trying to jump around in as much loose wrapping paper as he can. And my dog, Jesse, well, her New Year's resolution is to watch him do that as much as possible for some reason. But for many of us humans, New Year's resolutions usually involve trying to learn a new skill or improve our health while staying happy. And, well, Vite Ramen can help you do that last one. This piece of content is brought to you by Vite Ramen. Bite Ramen is a healthy, tasty, and shelf-stable food crafted by an American startup that offers tons of options for eating healthy. I like their classic packages that make it easy to add protein and other ingredients of your choice, or also their Ramen Go packages that offer a healthy microwavable option for those who truly only have a 15-minute lunch break, or their new Nano Boost Vitality Powder that I honestly think tastes fantastic and is a great way to get a tasty burst of energy later in the day without cranking yourself up on that third or fourth or fifth, really, cup of coffee that you know you shouldn't be drinking if you want to go to bed at a reasonable time. Seriously, their Vitality Powder, it actually does taste very, very good. I've been enjoying it quite a bit. And for all of their products, whether it's kitchenware, uh, powders, or their ramen, of course, Click on the link in the description and use the offer code BROKENSILICON to save 10% on all of their fantastic products. They really are a great, rapidly growing American startup that's been very good to the Moore's Laws Dead team over the past few years. And well, due to us actually liking their products and liking them, they've been good to us. So supporting them supports me and even just clicking on the link in the description makes a big difference as well. But I really do like their products and so recommend them, so check out Ramen today. All right, early RTX 4080 Super thoughts. All right, so as usual, I have some early review data sent to me by some of my peers so that we can have this done and releasing around when all the other stuff's coming out. And yeah, the RTX 4080 Super is three to 6% faster than a 4080. You're gonna find some averages that are really pessimistic, but it is $200 cheaper it's about the same raster as the 7900 xtx better ray tracing less ram generally speaking where are i guess before i give my final opinion let me double check what our current rx 7900 xtx prices is. is it already dropping at all at least on new it's generally holding where it was closer to like 950 and stuff but you know remember people Just like the last news episode, we are aware that there could be a price drop announced by AMD right when this goes live. My opinion is dropping it to 900 isn't a bad idea, and that would be enough. Dropping it to 800 would be... uh, You know what, actually, I'm gonna just say it. I don't know if this will happen this week, but seeing how 7900 XT sales picked up 750, but some went to 710, I'm gonna guess it'll be 900 and some of them are 850. That's gonna be what I'm gonna guess will go to. What are your thoughts, Dan? What do you think of the 4080 Super?
1: Uh, With the 7900 XTX at $900, I think it's kind of just a coin flip. Whichever thing you value more, just go with that. I I, I don't have a super hard recommendation either way, to be honest with you. Uh, 4080 Super, I think, is actually a decent correction based on what we know uh, from uh, NVIDIA's former mistakes. But AMD has a pretty easy way to respond to it, too. Um, I actually do think it's an interesting thing that because these supermodels and all their new models that they put out, usually I read them as soft admissions that they got pricing wrong and are trying to adjust. But this is interesting that they're calling the supermodel their secret price drop is calling it the supermodel. Um, but eh, I, I think the 4080 super looks decent.
0: Well, you know, I think that was a better argument or a more well rounded argument, what you just said with Turing when they did the Super Series. And I've actually, I, I thought of it this myself, and I've actually had someone directly suggest it to me like AIB is <sighs> they're like, people remember Super. They remember the Turing Super Series and that it signified it's safe to buy now. They fixed the lineup. Super is becoming this, like with AMP here, people, no Super, no Super for you, no Super in Pascal either. It's because they sold Gangbusters. They, they don't need. They 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 don't they don't need a super there. They'll just release a 1070 Ti and call it a day. But if things go really bad, is when they put super out there, and they're going to do that every time because they've created this separate. Then it's not like releasing a Ti or a Boost or some other model. The brand of Super is we fix the lineup, and I think they want to use that anytime they want to convey that without fully admitting they were wrong, and that's what people nah. see. Consumers go, oh yeah, I I had a 2060 Super. That's what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, and the other two entries into the Super weren't uh, very impressive to me, but the 4080 Super, I I think because they're going to a lower price point with it, it is a legitimately good move by them. Whereas with the other ones, it's like about an equal gain in performance, although I think the 4070 Super had a relatively decent gain uh, versus the other two. Because this is a, there's a, an actual price drop associated with it. Uh, this seems more than a, uh, this seems a, a, like an adequate uh, release where the other two are just like, eh. and if they had gone with lowering the prices by like fifty dollars on both of those models, I think they would have been better received.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, and I think that's where people go, why are you hater? Oh, Tom's such an video hater, even though he has a 4090 and a 2060 laptop, but, um, no, uh, a 4090 desktop and a 2060 laptop still that I'm glad I bought both of them. No regrets, actually. Um, you know, I think everyone needs to remember the way people were talking about Super, and this isn't entirely wrong, like I said, do not buy a $1,200 frickin' 4080 this Christmas or whatever. That remains true. These are significantly better deals than before. But I think people saw me give that recommendation <coughs> and other people said, well, first of all, there's no way NVIDIA would drop their prices that low. If they did, AMD's dead. Guys, yes, NVIDIA is still selling okay volume with this, but amd is not dead the 7800 xt seems to be selling about as well as the 4070 super at least in the us from what i'm being told and so at, at least some major retailers you know so it's cheaper than you guys said they would ever go i was right and it is not selling a complete disaster but you all said amd would be dead they're not they're not dead and so it's all about perception um i think at a certain point after the 4070s initial sales Everyone said, well, any sales means this is a success. It's just treading water where they were before and they weren't happy before. But yes, they're not about to lose the market to AMD. And I don't think anyone actually thought they would. But Mm AMD is not going to go out of business.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good way to put it. And I don't know. If you're in a non-U.S. market, I I have an idea. Translate what the numbers that we said we think provide a good value and just... Do the math. I am saying I think the 4080 Super at 10% more valuable-ish than the 7900XDX. I mean, 10% higher price. I think that's an either-or scenario.
0: (laughs) And if it's 20% more, you don't think it's a question at all. Yeah. Uh, QH Freddy writes in and says, With the 4070 Ti Super barely moving the needle on price to performance, do you expect the 4080 Super to provide any downward pressure on pricing? Well, yes, literally it will. Literally it has to, because this is a $200 adjustment. I mean, I think everybody's got to remember that if the 4080 Super sells better than the 4080, and it will, I, I'm confident based on the amount of people I'm told are pre-ordering it, it's going to sell better at first. And if you want a 4080 Super, I do think it could sell out, but then we'll find out if it remains selling out two months later. Um, but it's out, it's out selling than a 4080 that no one bought. You right. know, and the 7900 XT, for most of its life, I know during the summer last year, it dropped to 800 briefly, and 850, whatever. But when the 7900 XTX came out, all 2022 Christmas, it was going above MSRP. I have people telling me that if any card is close to MSRP, they can't keep it in stock, no matter what retailer it was in what part of the world. And even recently, we've seen the 7900 XTX selling well at 1,000. So the 7900 XTX going down to 900, that, that is, if it does, that is a result of downward pressure because AMD, besides one summer for half of its life, had no trouble selling the XTX above 950. No no trouble. And if it becomes 900, yeah, the Super definitely put downward pressure and that will put downward pressure on the XT and downward pressure on this TI Super. And this, this is going to make the market 20% cheaper than it used to be when the dust settles, I think.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, because of it has to. Like, if AMD responds by letting some models of the seventy nine hundred XTX fall all the way to eight fifty, even like I know that's still a hypothetical, but it could happen. Well, then that makes it almost more of a Ti Super competitor than a forty eighty Super competitor. I mean, it's still pushing the frame rates of a forty eighty Super, so it's and has a uses more power. So I get how it's competing with it from that perspective, but. It, it, it is that you really do need to look at like what is it the closest in price to because that's ultimately the thing that it's most competing with i think so mm-hmm. the forty eight seventy ti if they want to sell and it, the price gets that low well then they have to can make themselves not an xtx competitor
0: mm-hmm. yeah all right and just a final reminder you know while well, we saw some early review data It was early review data from a few reviewers, and I will put out an analysis video if I have something to say about the 4080 Super and especially about its sales. But go easy on us if a price drop happens Monday or Tuesday. You know, we didn't know about it yet, but I still think generally speaking, you've heard our thoughts if it does happen. Um, All right. Now, moving on to the final story here with story number six, which the light. All right. RX 7600 XT 16 gigabyte reviews where we talked about the, the sales, of course, which are to say for an AMD launch, mediocre, to be mm-hmm. honest, um, which remember AMD is not in video um, from Guru 3D. The Radeon RX 7600 XT 16 gigabyte is a small refresh of the 7600 AMD added eight gigabytes of memory to give it a more power and clock frequency and then repackaged that thing. Now it's priced at 329 and it does provide a decent performance uplift for full HD gaming and even sometimes in high resolutions, but it does fall short of expectations for a gigantic leap. If we're being honest, we do wish the 7600 XT had a few more CU's. And so, yeah, I generally agree with what Guru 3D said with a more positive spin, maybe because now 16 gigabytes is this cheap. But overall, the 7600 XT offers similar sort of uplift over the 7600 non XT as the 4070 Ti Super did over the 4070. So this is a much better scenario than the 4070 to 40 or sorry, but the 4070 Ti Super from the 4070 Ti. Uh, it's actually I think a larger increase on average in performance and of doubling of RAM. <laughs> so. It does have a $60 higher price, but it is more than just a super refresh and a performance uplift. And yeah, I mean, if I I would just emphasize what Hardware Unbox pointed out about how half of the time with eight gigabyte cards, you are running way lower textures than you thought you were. And I think an apt comparison is this is like if the RX 590 came out. When the 584 gigabyte was out, not like a year later at a higher price or at a radically higher price. The compute performance between the 580 to 590 was almost the same, but you did get that 10% boost. At the same time, though, four to eight gigabytes is the same as eight to 16 gigabytes. And in a few years, eight gigabyte variants were outperforming their four gigabyte Polaris variants a lot. And remember, the 590 wasn't available until years later. So I do think this is a decent card. I just also have to admit that it's not a matter of if it's fair, right? I think this is priced in line with the RAM increase in pricing, despite what some armchair dingbats will say. No, RAM prices are up. This is clamshell memory. They'd put cooling on the back of the card. $60 might even be less than what they spent to add eight gigabytes of RAM to the card. So it's a fair price relative to the 7600, but it doesn't matter if it's fair or not. I think the market would buy this at two ninety-nine. dollars much more easily than 329 i think if the 7600 was 250 so at least 20 percent cheaper or around 20 percent cheaper than the 4060 that's where it really needs to be to sell very well Fair or not that is what i think it would need to be to be a major success and not just something that kind of sells mediocre all right dan what do you think
1: i i mean yeah my my thoughts on this are mostly a it's more about what you said at the end where like the way it's been received more than anything else i don't think this is a should be as controversial of a card as it seems to be because it's uh, honestly yeah you're it's obviously a regression in price performance versus what the seventy six hundred offers right now but it's just intended as a more future-proof model of the 7600 essentially and if you want to take the spend the extra 60 bucks you can do that if you don't Okay, buy a seventy six hundred. <laughs> it's yeah. it's not that big of a deal if you're planning on keeping this for two plus years. I think the eight gigabyte uh, buffer is probably not going to be enough for some games. And if you value that, buy it. It's I, I think that this will be a decent ten eighty p slash fourteen forty p entry level card for a while. And as you said, that's why I could see it like occupying the space that like the five eighty eight gigabyte did.
0: Yeah, and if I look, which people forget, everyone's, you know, opining over the 580s longevity, but a lot of people bought the 4-gigabyte model, and a lot of those people did have to upgrade sooner. I know, you know, I knew a lot of friends with the 4-gigabyte 570s, you know. So this is the 16-gigabyte model. Um, actually, something that I should point out that we talked about in the latest DS is there was a reader mail there talking about, you know, doesn't this seem too weak for the 1080p and 1440p relative to where Polaris was? And at least in the averages I checked for the RX 480, no, the, the 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 4K performance of the 7600 XT is actually about what the 1440p performance was for the RX 480. And the 1080p performance for the RX 480 is what the 1440p performance is for the RX 7600 XT. So I do think people keep forgetting, not everyone is trying to do 4K 170 and a lot of people are willing to turn down post-processing to medium, but want to keep textures on ultra. That's what Polaris did well, and the 7600 XT is for those people that want high settings in 1440p, 60, maybe without needing to turn on FSR or all the time. For a long time, 1080p cranked up, and, and you know a lot of people, I remember this when the 480 came out, so they bought a 480, and they were like, unlike a lot of these other cards, like the 970 at the time, The 480 could do 4K, yeah, max out 24, but if they crank down a couple settings, they could get above 4K30 consistently, and that's not something I'm going to play at, but some people just want the eye candy on high above 30 frames, and this does more like 4K45 like above that variable refresh rate area compared to the Polaris. so that is who this card is for. Right, people who don't upgrade often, which is usually the people who want to save the most money, and are okay playing 1440p high for 8 years with 16 gigabytes.
1: Yeah, and just to (laughs) hammer I guess my last point here, Uh, and for the people angry about price performance, it's in line with every card in this area of the market. Uh, It has 3% worse price performance than the 4060 at MSRP. It's a negligible difference and this has twice as much ram and generally costs within 20 dollars of the 4060 i mean some models of the 4060 sell for 330
0: yeah i mean uh, i I really i really can't emphasize that enough too like if anything i saw some people saying they're disappointed in the reviews and i'm like well i don't know what you uh were hoping for this ended up performing a pretty dang solid at least 10% better than a 7,600. 10 to 14% worse than a 6,700 XT. I mean, man, guys, just a few years ago, everything was above MSRP. And even if we were talking about MSRP, the 6,700 XT was a 12-gigabyte card for 480. All right, so now for thirty, more than 30% less, 30% less-ish, we're saying, you can get something 10% weaker with more RAM. That This is such an improvement to where the market was just a couple of years ago. and yeah, I mean, you don't have to get it. If I were to be honest, my recommendations right now, two hundred or less, sixty-six mm-hmm. hundred eight gigabyte. If you're gonna go above that, I don't touch any eight gigabyte card. Get a two eighty dollars, 12 gigabyte, because that's what you want. And then don't touch anything else. Get the sixteen gigabyte seventy-six hundred XT, and then don't touch everything else. Get the seventy-eight hundred XT, and then we can start arguing about if you want a forty seventy super or whatever yeah. above that, but. Those are my only recommendations really down there. And this makes it so if it goes down in price, it puts so much pressure on all these eight gigabyte cards that really shouldn't exist in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And the other big contender, I think that still has an argument for it in this, in this market. I mean, in this part of the market is the 6700 XT. It's a little bit stronger, has four gigs, less Ram and it's older technology. Get that if you want. And I'm sure The 7600 XT is going to motivate people to buy the 6700 XT. And I'm sure AMD is going to be really mad selling through their stock of Navi 22.
0: Yeah, exactly. Look, I I can't be sure what everything costs in every region of the world. But if a 6700 XT was 10% less than the 7600 XT, yeah, I I would choose that instead. No one's saying you shouldn't, but it's not going to be around forever. If it costs 10% more than the 7600 XT, then I go... mm -hmm you're paying 10% more for 10% more performance for less RAM and more power usage, I'd actually maybe go with the 7600 XT, unless yeah. you're in 4K. But then if you're in 4K, it won't last as long, so probably still, you know. Yeah, they, They've got, guys, everyone was opining over the 6700 on our channel with 10 gigabytes. This is now the price that was with more RAM and 5% more performance. That's an improvement. Yeah. Um, all right, Hayobi writes in, and it says, Hello, Tom, I feel like I've been hearing the word VRAM enough times for the past dozen episodes. Whenever you discuss current and future GPUs, that I'm starting to think it's important, isn't it? The, the sarcasm is thick with this one. Will this translate to significant differences across GPUs or below the necessary amount of VRAM? Was it, 12 gigabytes? The resale value will drop like a rock. Yes, we're already seeing the 7800 XT. Despite being a solid, I don't know, 10% weaker than the 4070 Super, kind of match it in sales in some places, according to what I've heard, despite, again, not meeting the my rule anymore that much. It's like 20% less, but also 10% weaker. But that VRAM is making people still buy it. So I think this will definitely be a thing where like eight gig, any card below eight gigabytes, it's hard to sell, basically, on the used market. I think in a year, 12 gigabyte cards will not be selling as well as 16 gigabytes relative to their MSRP. Generally yeah. speaking, you know, without checking every card,
1: yeah. I mean, I think it's two different questions. Like the resale value mark on the resale market, the seventy eight hundred XT is going to be more valuable. It might become more valuable than like the forty seventy pretty soon, or probably Relative all, to what yeah.
0: MSRP was. Yeah,
1: and then something like I think it's going to be a coin flip with cards like the seventy six hundred XT versus uh, the sixty seven hundred XT because. At that level of performance, 12 gigabytes is probably adequate for most people's uses, but eh, some people might want to push to 16 gigabytes, and two years from now, a lot of people might want to have that 16 gigabytes instead of 12. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let us move on now to the wrap up uh the first one i'll just gloss over because it's pretty quick there's evidence that amd is already doing what i was hoping and suggested they would do they don't need a price drop officially for the seventy eight hundred xt they just need to make it so some models are below msrp and use and it's easy to get at 500 and plenty of people will choose it there's already a model in new egg for 490 so there you go dan um And also, a Kraken, allegedly four big, well, not big, four Zen 5, four Zen 5C. This is entirely in line with the roadmaps I leaked for Kraken, so I really don't have much to say except, yep, heard it here first, half a year ago or whatever. Um, Also, second-gen ROG Ally, at least I believe the CEO or someone at Aces said that's going to come out this year. All right, I okay. guess we'll see. I what is if it's coming out late this year, it's gonna launch quarter four with Strix. I'm calling it like a ha- hat. Oh yeah, has got to be? I'm curious how well if that's just
1: maybe the the ally is a bigger success than I would have assumed. Didn't seem like their first crack out. It was very good, but hopefully the second's good.
0: If they can improve the software a ton, and that's mandatory. That's not a goal. It's a constraint. It needs to be <laughs> far better. And then I'm just gonna say it. They need to make a special deal with AMD for a disabled version. We do not need 12 cores in a handheld console. What we need is for you to make a deal with AMD to take all of the eight core yields with all of the compute units enabled. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> AMD will pretend it's a custom SOC for you. With special bolt with a better voltage, voltage binning, that's what we want to see. I mean, oh, yeah, frankly, six cores ideal. is enough, you know?
1: Yeah, that, that would be the ideal, but... Yeah, hopefully it doesn't come with a... It's not some 12-core monstrosity.
0: (laughs) We'll see what happens. Um, All right, AMD Link discontinued. When I saw this, I was like, oh, and not surprised because I always forget that's a thing. Granted, I have NVIDIA graphics card, so it's not in my face ever, but I think I saw it recently on someone's AMD system, and I was like, oh, yeah, AMD Link's a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not really a thing I ever ended up using, so it's not a huge loss to me, but...
0: I mean, it would allow you to use your phone to look at the statistics of your PC with another screen. But I would always worry about it affecting latency. And I'm just not going to... I don't care enough. I wouldn't care enough. I'm
1: I'm not... Just being honest, I'm not going to take the time to put that app on my phone. (laughs) I mean, some people do, I'm sure, and that's a loss for them, but...
0: All right. We also have here that Intel drops after disappointing guidance. I didn't do a video on Intel's earnings because... Far larger fish to fry me. Look, guys, we have a major Zen 5 leak in a broken silicon episode, and I think almost every broken silicon is going to have leaks for the next month because I just don't have enough time to do separate videos because I do a video a day then and I die of exhaustion. <laughs> but I'll tell you now what I think of it. Um, honestly, I think you could see a fanboy arguing that Intel's earnings show that they've bottomed, but at the same time, the bottom isn't good, and they showed a decent year-over-year increase in some segments, but I think a year ago was rock bottom for their earnings, and they guided like single digits next quarter with bad earnings per shares, historically speaking. And so, I don't know. I think this is why their stock went down so much, at least after this came out, Mm -hmm. because it's not enough Intel. You need to bounce back quick, and I think everyone's looking at this and seeing that AI sales aren't looking good for them. And AMD, even if it comes out second half of this year, is about to hit client laptop hard, and so is Qualcomm. And at that point, that's their last one. Client's the last one they're doing. Well, they're still flat in server margin. That's insane. They're not making money in server. Yeah. Um, All right. Pat suggests that Panther Lakes AI is double of Lunar Lake, which is interesting. I've seen a lot of people say that it's going to double Arrow Lake AI, at least from what I've heard, the compute tile could be an Arrow Lake. And again, I'll do the whole thing soon, so don't. You know I need to do my last round of checks, but I think it's really Panther Lake that has the stronger AI. I mean uh, lunar Lake that is a stronger mm-hmm. AI. And if you look at Pat's quote, he's like double arrow and lunar Lake. So I think what we're actually seeing is that Panther Lake's probably around 100 tops of performance or something because that's what lunar Lake is is just below 50 at least right now. it seems like it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully <laughs> they seem
0: to be really pushing the AI angle super hard. Um. All right. This was interesting, Dan. I saw a Game Boy Advance ROM can be recreated from the death noise it makes. I don't know if I have much to say about this, except that's crazy. And links yeah, in the description.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that's just funny more than anything. That enough information is encoded in that that you can reverse engineer the game from it
0: yeah it also is a testament to how simple games used to be yep. i would suggest <laughs> um and then the final thing here in the wrap-up is microsoft lays off 1, 1900 employees at activision blizzard and other xbox locations um so that's eight percent of the gaming workforce jesus I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this? Because it's not—it's hard for me. Obviously, that's not good, and our thought goes out to the fa- members of the family there, family members affected by this. But it's always so hard for me to say because, like, if they acquire these places, I don't know how many of this is like duplicate jobs that Microsoft's just going to handle for them now.
1: Uh, the, uh, I, obviously, it's hard to have a an optimistic read on 1,900 people losing their jobs, but I think that's the best case scenario. Is that's just what happens when a company uh, when a merger and or an acquisition happens there's a bunch of duplicate positions that need to be eliminated unfortunately yeah but, uh, if and do, you st- and
0: you think that's what this probably is then
1: I think that's probably what it is I th- but I think it's important to you know say when what we're following on 10% of the uh, workforce gets knocked off at a big company but um, I mean if it happens again obviously it's something if it
0: happens again
1: oh, oh yeah but then there that's was another more. then there was another big thing about the uh, story within this where I can't remember the uh, Blizzard's next big game uh, got canceled as well though. So
0: that's yeah, something. I've I've heard that Blizzard and active well, especially Blizzard is in a and actually no, it was Bethesda's in a pretty bad state a couple of years ago, and we shouldn't be sur- we shouldn't be surprised if there's another round of layoffs, specifically at Blizzard. Bethesda, and actually I heard 343, which I know they're working on a Halo game, but I actually heard the Halo studio. Maybe it's better now, but a couple years ago was in a really bad state.
1: Yeah, and I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering this, but my memory is that the Blizzard specifically had a really bad work environment before they got acquired.
0: Mm-hmm. I believe there are a lot of scandals about that yeah because i don't think it was like the work environment with the other studios i mentioned that's not what i heard Mm -hmm. it it wasn't that it was other issues going on there that yes blizzard yeah so i guess uh, uh, also another round of layoffs just as they try to clean up blizzard actually (laughs) maybe it wouldn't be that surprising um all right now let us move on to the final reader mails QH Freddy writes in and says, at CES, there have been a lot of OLED monitors announced that will be released later this year, particularly moving towards 4K240 and 1440p480. At present, most gamers aren't able to be run, uh, games aren't able to be run at those resolutions or refresh rates, even at low settings. Do you? Th- yeah, not 4K240, not unless you have an overclocked 4090, and there's probably some games that can, but... You're probably just going to run into engine limitations above 200 hertz at the cpu at that point still do you think this will change in the coming years and more developers looking to take advantage of the greatly increased refresh rates available at each resolution um well you know i think it's just going to be a continuation of the trend we saw before like i remember 20 years ago i think battlefield 2 had a frame rate limit of 100 and mm-hmm. a lot of games had a frame rate limit of 60 then that became to my memory battlefield three or four had a frame rate limit of 200 i don't know if there's one of 300 now i think there might be that'll probably become 500 soon you know like that's what's going to happen is you're just going to see the ball keep moving um but i do not think developers are going to do more than make sure they can support it and do the extra stuff required so it scales better but not perfectly to that limit uh, I, I No, I don't think you're going to see games come out and they're like, this is meant to be run at 480 hertz and you can on a 7800X 3D easily with good graphics mm-hmm. unless it's an eSports game. So I think, you know, just be happy that consoles sometimes have 120 hertz modes now, that from what I'm hearing, the PS5 Pro is going to push 120 hertz in a lot of their games. And that means that because of that, PC engines will be aligned with that. Just remember during the PS3 era, games like crisis could barely get to 60 hertz consistently with god tier hardware which was double what 30 hertz was in the ps3 and then 120 hertz seemed to be a limit well the ps4 could do 60 and half the games and now 120 coming to 40. so i would just say it's the same as last gen consoles before did 60 half the time usually 30 and on pc you expected 144 and now it's they do 60 most of the time sometimes they do 120 and pc can do 240 somewhat relatively often but 480s crazy
1: yeah i mean i i think a lot of people are just going to stop caring after 120 hertz but and these four i think these 480 hertz monitors are going to be pretty niche for a long time because nothing leverages them but i guess the advantage of these monitors is you're kind of getting a car a, monitor that could last like 10 years if they're pushing 4k because mm-hmm. i think uh i think samsung announced that they're the first ever like 4k oled uh 240 hertz monitor with
0: hdr um, yeah that's a monitor that lasts you 10 years
1: yeah <laughs> uh so i i i don't think we're about to see another doubling in frame rate though i mean maybe with the ps6 slash whatever the xbox next xbox is called they'll try it, but. I, I, I would really suggest to be smarter gear.
0: to target 120 consistently because that's what. Yeah, I mean, do even half of prefer, big screens do that yet? I mean,
1: I, I would much prefer a 4K 120 hertz console than a 240 1440p console.
0: Yeah, and it would probably be wiser to crank up ray tracing for both marketing and just support perspectives than to yeah. go for 240 with the PlayStation Six. I agree. Um, compressed Earth Blocks writes, and he says, Tom, I think an overlooked aspect of NVIDIA's CES was G Sync Pulsar. It does look quite good and seems like the next logical step for ULMB and variable refresh rates. I think this could be something that increases the quality of the gaming experience. It isn't quite as measurable as this piece of hardware gives 15% higher frame rates at the same price. What are your thoughts on this? Does AMD have a similar feature? I'm sure AMD's always planning to copy NVIDIA a year or later. Or are they working on something to implement into FreeSync? Too long, didn't read? Gives variable refresh rate with improved motion clarity due to ULMB. I think I will link it down below. Dan, did you look at this? I was hoping you would.
1: Uh, yeah. So ULMB is essentially on LCD monitors. Uh, there's a I don't under understand all of the mechanics behind it, but uh, images uh, look smoother with uh, ULMB, which is just the technology where they random where they flash the the uh, back panel. Uh, every so often but the problem is or i think with every frame but the problem is that you only worked in the past with uh the native frame rate of the monitor so now they're combining that with vrr so you get the benefit of vrr and the benefit uh of the ulmb which is hmm, right oh uh, why can't i think it w- which is ultra low movement blur so It'll be good for like Twitch, really twitchy shooters, but.
0: This will be a thing that you'll probably see FreeSync Premium. I don't know if there's a 3.0 yet or 4.0 or AMD goes. Mm -hmm. This sticker means it has it and it'll probably be here pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, that's my guess. Um, You know, and is this like, oh, well, you got to factor this in? (sighs) Sure. I mean, if it's widely supported and you actually see a monitor that has it you know, but those need to be on sale first. And because this is basically has to be software, I think, unless I'm misunderstanding something, right? It's software, right? It's is, is it all software or, well, it's probably a bit of both. There's probably something in there, but ultimately there's no reason FreeSync can't find a way to add it quicker rather than later. Like this isn't like adding FSR 3.5 ray tracing reconstruction stuff. This is like, yeah. if they can do it at a G-Sync monitor, they'll find a way to do it in a FreeSync monitor in under a year. And Mm -hmm. also remember these monitors need to be for sale. So, yeah. (laughs) So I I don't see this as really changing anything. Although again, it's another nice thing making the experience a lot better. There's been a lot of monitors I've looked at that are old where it's like, it's not even just like an old graphics card having worse frame timing. It's like the Lord, (laughs) the the tearing and issues you see on old TVs and monitors, the input lag. Yeah. I mean, the exp- if you, and that's the one thing I would say is, if you're someone who's gaming on pre free, free Sync or G-Sync with a graphics card that's pre-Turing or RDNA1, dude, your screen tearing and frame times combined, you could get the same performance on paper, it's gonna look better. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, it's hilarious how much better those things combined, even just with like a Phoenix APU or, or like Rembrandt APU I've messed with, still makes it feel less crappy than anything I was using almost, 10 years ago. Um, All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. I think I'll just stop it there because we'll just wrap this up with some monitor stuff. Um, Dan, any final thoughts? Uh, No, I don't think so, brother. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody as always for watching and listening to this. Remember that this was recorded before Monday. So if something (laughs) drops, sorry you know, that we didn't know about it. And you can expect coverage from us on anything I find interesting, in the 4080 Super in the middle of next week. If not in the middle of next week, then, you know, with the next guest or the next news episode, if it's interesting enough and not worth doing a whole video about that takes up a day or two of work and uh, expect a lot more leaks out of this channel. Make sure you subscribe to the Morris Laws YouTube channel and ring the bell button. You do not... Want to miss some of the leaks that I'm preparing here about a lot of stuff that's out there with NVIDIA, AMD, and Intel, not just stuff this year, stuff coming out years from now that I've now gained access to. And also, join the Moore's Laws Patreon. Hundreds of bonus die-shrink videos that are hour-long, no ads. One came out Friday that was, by the way, Dan, very highly recommended <laughs> by people in the Moore's Laws Discord. I think we outdid ourselves again. These are just bonus one-hour-long videos that... We have less things holding us back and things to worry about, but we still do the research. And they're they're very popular at the fan base. You can get that for just two dollars a month. Of course, support our sponsors as well. And otherwise, you know, have a good week, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. This podcast was brought to you by the YouTube channel and website Moore's Law is Dead. Moore's Law is Dead and Broken Silicon are trademarks of their creator, Tom. That guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Laws Dead podcast, videos, articles, and other media. However, it's not just me. Moore's Laws Dead is a team with Broken Silicon, co-hosted by my brother Dan. Audio editing by Gerard Cortez. Renders being done by the industrial designer Jean Philippe Clermont. And special assistance is also provided by Carmen Cry and Kerry Sugata as well. Find all of our information at www.moreslawsdead.com on the About/Support page. In the event you do want to hire me for consulting work, hire Gerard for audio work, hire Jean-Philippe for industrial design work, or you're interested in working with Carbon Cry or Carrie No Sugata as well, you can also find our long-term sponsors on that page if you want to show them some love for putting food on our tables. Or you can also mail us some love. You can send letters or hardware donations to the following address. Moore's Law is Dead, PO Box 60632, and Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37206. Although, to be honest, the best way to show Moore's Law's Dead some love is to support us on Patreon. Patrons are what makes Moore's Law's Dead content truly possible every month and really every day depending on who you're talking about me gerard dan and john philippe are working tirelessly to provide a steady stream of content that we could not keep doing unless we knew the work was possible without being reliant on sponsors dictating every little thing we put out don't get us wrong we love our sponsors but we love directly working for you our fans much more. If you have any extra money, even a couple free dollars a month, consider supporting us directly on Patreon. Those couple of monthly dollars will get you access to the exclusive podcast Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to ask guest questions, and of course, access to the Morris Laws Dead Discord full of like-minded people who I am sure would love to meet you. I am one of them. Additionally, higher tiers get access to early ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the ability to ask questions in all Broken Silicon episodes and loose ends live streams ahead of the recording and the entire back catalog of Moore's Law Z Dead podcasts. In addition to having thanks in the credits of videos and podcasts, depending on the tier with other perks available as well. And Hey, if you cannot afford to support us directly every month, please do share Moore's Laws Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family and on social media and websites like Reddit and give Broken Silicon a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app of choice. All of this does really help us so much, but like I said, this podcast would not be possible without it the patrons directly providing predictable and reliable support every month, and so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans. The following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher supported levels. Brad Medlin, Drita Foles, Z Jits, Daniel D, Aaron Close, Jen Raner, Daniel High, GZ Ziggy, Brian Riggleman, MJB1, Deke, Nicholas Buckner, SNA Stronger, Jim Ferriera, Falcom Alev, Jensen Wang, HeartForum.com, Gregory Sacker, Andrew S. Sarcastro, Evan Dingle, Chris Rich, Compressed Earth 3DSY08, Hal Buma, Greg Wanchek, Chris Shredbert, Dr. Foreman, Benjamin Cannon, Jonathan, Holden Mobley, Blake, Franco Frederick, Sammy Malos, Jake Dude 23 Jake Martin, Jordan Simkovic, Slicky, Lillian Leaked, The Boss Ha, Stefan Hart, Meat and Pork, Timrod, Ian Clifford, Travis Gooding, Stefan, Toka, Mad, Zoot Suit Taylor, Stephen Coates, Michael McGee, Greg, Patrick Crow, Amiable Chief, Chrysantine, Tommy, Mark Mitchell, I should mark Raidmaker, The Eternal Dreamers, James Anderson, Cole Attic, Johnson N, Neithra Zink, Cameron, Wesley Sager, Henry Zhang, Michelle Pell, D31337 Antics, Hexa Puma, Reginald Ari, Teak, Autumn, Game and Since Reagan, Jeff Settler, loophole 35 JSMMH, windstar James I, Raider, Corey Leonard, Little Germany, Shea, Milton, Pulse Media, Jamie Witters, Dave Schultz, Melodic Warrior, Mac Daffy, Stephen Dick, Chuck Glenn, and Brett Jones. Austin Haggerty, Justin Bustle, I711700K, Joe Foot, Hardland, I- Earth Taurus, Slushpot, Jansen Angima, Joseph Kelly, Samuel Park, Himsa Gung, Tails2299, Me Valverga, John Sifos, Dale Russell, The Forbidden Juice, Per Wen Win Wang, RB Racer, AC, Michael Cozy, Dr. J. Matt, Alex Vega, Free D, Brian Wright, John Swin, Angel of Cake, Jola Martina, Keekum, Elbergun, Solarized 80, Matthew Marlowe, Raisin Biscuit, Jeff Johnson, Penta Winta, Rowan McKickey, Cornster, 670 670- Sprutnik, Jeffrey, Lenneman, and of course, thank you to Sahara for the music.